thank you for listening to this episode of Ganado Meets Transport, a series of discussions between Ganado team members and sector leaders. I am Matthew Attad, a shipping lawyer at Ganado Advocates, and in today's episode we shall be discussing the Malta Registry of Ships, its successes, challenges and its future. And to discuss all of this, I have with me Mr. Ivan Samut, Registrar General of Shipping and Seamen at Malta Flag Administration at the Merchant Shipping Directorate. It's a great honor for us to have you here. Thank you for uh, having me here. We'll start with the Malta flag. Uh, The Malta flag is uh, a success story. We are the largest flag in the EU and the sixth largest in the world. Uh, In your opinion, how is Malta still managing to attract tonnage in these difficult times? Well, uh, the main reason, uh, be it uh, the level of service that is provided by Malta. When we say by Malta, it's not only the flag administration, but also the, uh, all the other ancillary services that are provided uh, by the law practitioners, accountants, um, uh, and the shipping industry in general. Uh, that is further consolidated with by the fact that Malta nowadays is uh, known as a quality flag and there is the reputation. Uh, I think at this stage it is very important to mention that in recent years we have managed to attract, thanks to this very good dialogue and collaboration and level of service, uh, blue chip companies to the Maltese register. Uh, we're registering more newer tonnage, younger tonnage. One needs only to mention the fact that the average age of the Maltese registered fleet is nowadays uh, just over uh, 10 years, which is very good when compared uh, to the top league of the uh, shipping registers. Uh, another important statistic, yardstick, we would say, is the performance, the technical performance of the Maltese registered fleet. Uh, and in recent uh, weeks, I would say, in the beginning of July, we only announced the fact that for the first time ever, Malta uh, is in the top 20 uh, of the whitelist, on the whitelist of the Paris MOU, and we're placed 14th for the very first time. Uh, we've been on the whitelist for uh, the last uh, 15 years, but uh, despite the fact that we continued to register Uh, good growth in terms of tonnage, Uh, we also um, uh, improved our technical performance. And uh, we here would say is that the philosophy of the uh, Maltese administration that uh, uh, we grow uh, not at the expense of quality is bearing bearing fruit and attracting further younger tonnage to the Maltese register. You mentioned uh, the service provider. And I tend to agree with you. I mean, obviously, as being a service provider ourselves, we, we see the benefits of, of being the interface between the administration and the client. But in your view, um, how would you defend uh, the position of the service provider in an era where, uh, you know, technology is advancing in such a way uh, where intermediaries are seen as an added cog in the machinery? Well, actually, I see it in a different way. Uh, technology and intermediaries can, can grow hand in hand. What I would say is that technology cannot be seen as something that would replace intermediaries. 
I would rather say that technology will further increase the momentum for intermediaries to change their operations, to start doing different things. To start doing, I, I like to, to, main, to name it as more value-added services to the clients. Nowadays, uh, with the developments in technology and the digital transformation, there are new realities that we are also convinced as uh, authority that the service providers will, uh, will be in a better position in order to provide uh, certain services that perhaps nowadays are not being provided. Um, so uh, let's look at technology rather than a, a threat. Let's look at, at it as an opportunity that will open a whole myriad of, of other opportunities for the service providers and also for Malta as a maritime jurisdiction, as a leading maritime jurisdiction. The service provider, um, we've seen, I mean, the industry has seen, there has been an explosion of service providers. And as you understand clearly, not everybody has uh, the same level of understanding of the industry. And in today's world, with all the complexities around the system, uh, there is an ever-growing need to have a service provided there of a certain uh, knowledge and repute. In this respect, uh, what do you think about the regulate, regulating the service provider in, in the shipping industry? Well, um, as, as, uh, as an administration, uh, we, we firmly believe in, in regulation. Regu a regulation that does not... Um, uh, does not kill or stifle the uh, opportunities that there are within the industry. We have to keep in mind that this industry, and this is also another, uh, another advantage, if I may call it as such, of the Malta flag, is that the Malta flag is the Maltese maritime jurisdiction, is built on a very strong legal framework. Uh, and that uh, has, over the past years, continued to consolidate Malta's reputation in the sector. Initially, the intermediaries were self-regulated. Uh, but we firmly believe that nowadays, it has come time, that uh, the, this industry is further regulated in order to provide the right platform a level playing field to, to all the intermediaries in order to operate. I always say that the ocean is so big, so, so there is uh, work for everyone. Uh, thanks God, as we already pointed out, there is a lot of interest in the services provided by Malta, despite the COVID situation, despite the challenges and difficulties that the industry is going through. There is still a lot of interest towards uh, the services provided by, by Malta. So the regulation of the uh, service providers will further send this strong message that Malta is um, a jurisdiction where you can, have, you can work uh, in pe with peace of mind. Um, and I believe that that, that is the future uh, in the interest of all involved. The resources at Transport Malta. Um, we work um, a lot with, obviously, the uh, 
the registrar, the assistants, and all your administrators. And we understand that they work extremely hard and they are very efficient. That's, that's the reality. But uh, what we're noticing with the growing flag is that more resources are needed at Transport Malta. Uh, my question here is, why is it so hard, in your opinion, to find the necessary people to work within the maritime industry generally? Because even we as practitioners are finding uh, difficult to recruit new people working in the maritime world. Yeah, very true. It's a, it's a, a, a big challenge. Well, actually, I take this opportunity, first of all, to, to thank the whole team uh, within the uh, flag administration, within the merchant shipping directorate, as you rightly pointed out. They are uh, very committed, hardworking, uh, and uh, as I always tell them, we're very proud uh, of this team, uh, a young team, a very dynamic team uh, that has always... Um, replied in full force, I always say, uh, when when the need uh, arises uh, and are doing an excellent job. And it's only thanks to them as well that this, they are part of this success story. But turning to your uh, question, uh, well, the main reason why, why, why we believe that it's difficult to find uh, people that are attracted to the maritime industry, especially uh, nowadays, is that the maritime industry nowadays has a lot of competition out there. Competition in terms of salary, competition in terms of interest being shown uh, in various sectors. The maritime industry is one of the most traditional industries, I think one of the very first industries that, that existed. As we went along, other industries cropped there are more, I, I, I call it, there are more sexy industries that attract the younger generations. I would prefer, you know, even to my, to my young children, I always say, okay, shipping is nice. If you go into shipping, you will definitely fall in love with it and you will never go back. But there are also other interesting industries like gaming industry, uh, IT nowadays. So these attract uh, more uh, are are more attractive to the younger generation. Uh, then there is another category: the technical people, technical people, seagoing people that are a necessity uh, in our industry, which is uh, a very highly specialized industry. But again, there 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 is difficulty in attracting young people. Now in Malta, we have the advantage that. We live, all of us, very close to the sea. So I always say that the salt is in our blood and somehow you have someone that is connected to the sea in your family. That said, we still don't manage to attract uh, at least as many young uh, people uh, to, the, to this industry as we would like to see. Again, the reason being that uh, there are more attractive industries and the maritime industry is in competition with them. Back to in the 80s, uh, people used to go to sea because they wanted to travel around the world. It was uh, a good salary. Nowadays, you can have the same salary working from your dining room at home um, uh, just in front of a laptop. So how are you going to convince a young 
uh, young son or daughter to go to see away from the family, away from her partner, uh, away from uh, from her social life, which is very important nowadays, uh, in order to make a career. When uh, at the same uh, time you can do sometimes even a better, better salaries and better career in other in other industries. That said. Uh, we still are managing to um, see a lot of interest, especially in recent years, in the super yacht industry. Obviously, the super yacht industry in itself is very attractive. Even when I take my, my young son, who is still 10, to, to Birgu or, or, or Marsamshet, yeah, he's a, he, he loves to see these uh, mega yachts, um, uh, and they are attractive. So... There is a niche market where there is a lot of potential and opportunities for Malta uh, in order to also uh, increase the added value jobs for our Maltese young people. Uh, like, for example, we're very popular in tourism. We have some of the best chefs in Malta. Why can't we further develop their careers to work as chefs on super yachts, which is, which, 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 which is very well paid, um, uh, uh, and this also attractive. So uh, I think rather than crying on, on, on spilled milk that we did not manage over the past, I would say, 30 years to attract uh, people to the uh, workforce, new, newer workforce to the maritime industry, we should look at the different opportunities uh, that there are. Um, uh, and that's something that, as an authority, we've embarked upon. Uh, um, even in recent year, I, uh, last year, we have introduced for the first time ever uh, specific training courses for the yachting industry. And we're seeing a lot of interest there uh, from the younger generation, and we already have uh, quite a number of yachtsmen uh, that are certified and uh, holding a Maltese uh, certificate there. You mentioned the super yachts, and that brings me to my next question. Uh, so you segued nicely. Um, Malta in particular, we, we spoke about the first question of how well we're doing with new tonnage, but in particular, the interest in these super yachts being registered under the Malta flag over the past five years has exploded. Uh, we're seeing the largest, loveliest super yachts flying the Malta flag. Why do you think, in particular, these super yacht owners are choosing our jurisdiction for the super yachts? Well, actually, I can confirm that uh, uh, in the past four years, we've registered exponential growth in the super yacht uh, sector. Uh, I can confirm that we've increased uh, uh, by 65%. Um, we're approaching the 1,000 super yachts. When we say super yachts, it's over 24 meters, which are very good statistics when compared that we're relatively new kids on the block for this. Um, although it's been going on for quite some, some years, we still, compared to other jurisdictions, still very young. The, the reason why, uh, again, uh, you... In, in shipping and in yachting, you cannot identify a particular reason why an owner chooses a particular jurisdiction. There are various reasons. 
the first and foremost is um, again the level of service still plays a very important role in yachting um, the dynamism of the Maltese administration and when when you uh, think of it the Maltese commercial yacht code has already undergone three revisions when certain well-established codes have only went uh, a second major revision after the Maltese revision because the Maltese revision was 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 more more competitive um, there are also issues uh, related to uh, cabotage obviously Malta is an EU jurisdiction um, as we well know the main area of operations for such super yachts is south of France um, and Croatia uh, uh, and area uh, which is within the EU um, therefore you need to carry a new uh, flag and Malta is uh, the main player in this sector when it comes to uh, an EU jurisdiction especially with the not so but but still so recent uh, development of Brexit um, there are also uh, issues related to uh, uh, VAT uh, VAT uh, scheme, which which up until some years ago uh, there were some ongoing discussions, but uh, in the recent months, years, uh, there this has also been cleared by the European Union. Uh, and another advantage is the fact that uh, I think Malta is one of the very few EU jurisdictions uh, under which commercial yachts can can benefit from uh, the uh, tonnage tax regime. Uh, and again, that is also another important component uh, that provides the whole package uh, why Malta uh, can be more attractive um, uh, to these superior owners. Another topic I wanted to, to touch is touch upon is the tangible presence of the shipping sector in Malta, um, even for yachting uh, issues. We spoke about the difficulty in attracting local talent, um, but we've had over the years, and it's, it seems to be growing, maybe it stopped a bit because of the pandemic, an interest uh, in setting up shop in Malta. Um, what are your views on this? Do you think it's realistic? Do we have the infrastructure? What shortcomings do we have in respect to resources? Well, actually, as you pointed out, before the pandemic, we were seeing a drive uh, for a number of uh, companies, to, to, to yachting companies, to um, set shop in Malta. Um, that momentum slowed down a bit because of the pandemic, but again now uh, we are seeing uh, an increase uh, and uh, we are aiming to continue uh, consolidating that in that area. Well, the main, the main reason being that uh, despite uh, what we say is that they find the right human resources, the right capacity. It is challenging, but they still manage to to find the right human resources uh, to run to run their operation. Uh, then, uh, obviously, Malta is also becoming more popular for wintering. Uh, for wintering, uh, in order during the off season for the yachts to berth in Malta. 
and there their crew get training at the well-established training institutes that we have in Malta. Uh, they refit yachts in Malta. Um, they bear it, obviously. They take provisions um, in Malta. And that is what the added value jobs that we are looking at at the end of the day, because the ancillary services and the, 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 the indirect revenue that these services generate is, is substantial. Um, uh, I'm not saying that we're perfect. Uh, definitely one, one issue that always crops uh, during these meetings that we have is uh, lack of space. Uh, lack of uh, available birds. Uh, well, unfortunately, the size of the island is what it is. Uh, we would love, as an authority, to have much more um, birds available for the super yachts to come here, but uh, we're working on that. Um, so hopefully, uh, in the near future, we'll be in a position to have uh, to cater for more capacity. I'm going to ask the last question and I'll, and I'll, I'll amalgamate the two questions I wanted to ask um, on this uh, point. The digital register, uh, the project that we're undertaking, I mean Malta being one of the key players um, within the EU, I'm assuming, uh, pushing this idea. And linked to this, uh, the final question would be your vision for the Malta Register in the next 10 years? Well, let me start with, with the digital transformation, which, uh, which indirectly also uh, answers the, the, the second question. Um, part of our strategic vision is definitely to uh, do a digital transformation of the services that uh, are provided uh, with the aim of uh, further improving our quality our reputation um, uh, and our transparency of how we do our our work. Yes, when it comes to digital transformation, we have embarked on this very ambitious project of um, digitizing all our uh, processes, all the operation within uh, the administration, uh, which will also lead to the very first ever also um, actual uh, e-certificates in the shipping industry because the e-certificates that we, we have nowadays and we are already producing are uh, a mere uh, PDF of, of what we have uh, nowadays, the hard copies. Uh, this will be the move, the next move uh, for, the, for the shipping industry. Um, there we have found a lot of support from the European Commission as well. Um, what we can say is that in the initial phases we have already um, been afforded uh, circa over a million euros uh, into financing of this and we are hoping that in the coming weeks there is also the, the approval of the actual implementation phase now which will be will go to circa seven million which is which is um, very good. It's it's a firm commitment also by uh, the authority and the the government of Malta in order to to move forward in this in this area. Good to say is that to good to mention is that also the European Commission is seeing this as a pilot project, a pilot project that hopefully 
Malta as a true leader will establish certain standards that need to be established in the ship registration uh, market, uh, which will eventually be implemented across the world. And that is why we are seeing this as an opportunity and we count on, on our service providers as well, our stakeholders to, to, to support us on this. Well, the vision, finally the vision for, uh, for the shipping industry is uh, that we continue building on our past. One cannot forget uh, from where we started, what our predecessors did. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we are not in a position nowadays to continue building and consolidating on, on what we did. But we, we, we always uh, need to have, as we have always shown, to show courage and innovation in order to achieve a bigger share in certain markets, in certain, um, when I say markets, not only uh, in terms of market share, but also in terms of diver further diversification of our fleet. We have already made long progress. Uh, up until 10 years ago, we were mainly a, a, a flag for uh, commodity vessels, vessels that carry cargo in bulk. Nowadays, we've become leaders in offshore sector, cruise lining industry, super yacht industry, and many other, other sectors. There is still a lot of potential, uh, and we believe that with the open dialogue and the good commitment that there is uh, from everyone, we will continue to succeed. Fantastic. Thanks a lot for, for um, coming here for this podcast. This was extremely interesting. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs>